Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. That's my best Joe Marino impression. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm Kyle Krabs. Flying solo with you guys on this fine Friday morning. We have some football to unpack. There were football games played last night. Boston College and Wake Forest played. Cincinnati and Baltimore played. Joe Marino has the day off today. He was courteous and kind enough to take the reins on Thursday. So you guys are stuck with me, whether you like it or not. All we're going to do today, we're going to talk a little bit about the games that took place last night. We have some reactions to that. Want to run through some of the really cool content that's also up and running on the Draft Network as well with my opinions from some of our other colleagues. The nice thing about the end of the week for me is these are my film study days. So I don't have to write. I just get to read. And then I get to talk which we all know I love to do. So without further ado, I digress. We're going to start with the college game. Gio Marino was at this game last night, Boston College versus Wake Forest. Boston College uh, has gotten out of the 1970s, it seems, and into 21st century football, which is really exciting. Uh, This team put up 41 points on Wake Forest. 41 points. With over 520 yards of offense. Five passing touchdowns from sophomore quarterback Anthony Brown. 185 yards rushing from sophomore sensation A.J. Dillon. This kind of goes in parallel with some of the things that were covered by Brad Kelly at the Draft Network today. Talking about the talent level of Boston College. But it's pretty apparent that uh, Steve Adazio right now has this football program in a good place. Anthony Brown and A.J. Dillon have been productive football players there. Athletically, very promising, both uh, sophomores, so neither one of them is, is even in play for the 2019 NFL Draft. But still, you look through this football roster. Tight end Tommy Sweeney uh, has his fans. He, he's a top 10 tight end. In my opinion, in this year's class, he's he's not, you know, athletically speaking, a, a Dawson Knox or a Noah Fant, a little bit more of a traditional style player, but he's coming out of an offense that has him playing with his hand in the dirt, and that's really valuable experience for what he will get at the NFL level. Chris Lindstrom, the interior offensive lineman, a very, very stout player. He's one of the top three interior guys on my personal rankings when we were coming into the season. Uh, Then you have Lucas Dennis at safety. Defensive end Zach Allen. Senior linebacker Connor Strachan had 15 tackles last night against Wake Forest. And look, I know Boston College didn't necessarily go out there and beat the Clemson Tigers. I get that. But at the same time, Wake Forest has some good offensive players. I know Greg Dortch is somebody, wide receiver, who, who has made a strong impression through the early portions of the season. Uh, Matt Colburn has his fair set of fans. Uh, He was a productive football player. Freshman wide receiver Sage Surratt is 6'3", 210. Had a great start to the season against Tulane. He put up like 150 yards. 
Uh, had three three catches for 50 yards against BC. So Wake is no slouch. You know, no, this is not a top-tier ACC team, and Boston College will obviously have much bigger hurdles to clear throughout the course of the season. Uh, this was a team we had ended up doing, Joe and I, when we did schedule predictions at the end of August, and we did BC, and you said, okay, these last five games or so for BC are super tough. So if they're going to get themselves into a good position, they're going to have to do so early in the year. Well, so far, so good. BC is off to their first 3-0 and start since 2007 when they went 11-3. and That's terrific for them. They have to feel great about that, obviously. There's been some good football teams between now and then at BC. But it really feels like the talent level at BC is at a position that it hasn't been for quite some time. When we shift focus and look over at the NFL game last night, this was a hot freaking mess for the Baltimore Ravens. Jeez, uh, they were down 21 nothing to open the game, lost the score by a final of 34-23. to A couple different players that I want to touch base with and talk about. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. I want to talk about John Ross. I want to talk about running back Alex Collins, who's not a rookie this year, but has been pinballed about. I want to talk about Mark Andrews, um, Sam Hubbard, another one. So we got some players from this game that we, we need to discuss and talk about if we're going to keep this kind of draft-centric and player valuation focused, which we try to do here on Draft Dudes. I know we get off course a little bit. But first and foremost, uh, if you're going to have Joe Flacco throw the ball 55 times, I understand this team was down 21 to nothing. But at halftime, this team was down 28 to 14. And then it was 28 to 17. And this team was in striking distance. And they just totally got away from the running game altogether. Their leading rusher was Alex Collins, nine carries for 35 yards. Buck Allen got six for eight and a touchdown. And Buck Allen also got five catches, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, Alex Collins was super impressive with his ability to uh, dictate one-on-one challenges in space. And he required two or three hits to go down with a, a fair amount of uh, consistency. Alex Collins ran tough. He's not the most explosive guy. But it was really disheartening to see Baltimore, even when Alex Collins had success in the pass game. Listen, the man had three catches for 55 yards. No, you might not flex him out in the slot and run routes with him, but Baltimore tried to do that with Buck Allen on a two-point conversion play in this game and got zero separation, and the play failed. So if you're looking at the talent situation in the backfield, uh, Alex Collins deserves more of the snaps. He proved in this game with his play that he is really capable as a checkdown receiver of flipping his eyes up the field and challenging linebackers, and beating tackles from linebackers one-on-one in space. That needs to change. You know, bless Buck Allen. I was high on Buck Allen coming out of the draft, but there's just no dynamic abilities there. 
He doesn't have a trump card. And uh, Baltimore is trying to make him more of a third down back that doesn't really have the burst or fluidity or power to really hold any cards as a valuable player in this offense. So that was frustrating to watch. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson, shall we? Lamar got a couple of snaps in this game. He had no pass attempts. He had two rushes for six yards. And um, the Ravens brought Lamar in in the red zone a couple of times. Uh, There was plays from center. There was plays where he was flex wide and went in motion. And uh, none of it really worked. (laughs) Um, Because you're wasting a position on the field with Joe Flacco standing at wide receiver. Uh, Lamar, uh, the play that looked like had the most potential was they were going to run an end around back to Lamar and probably have him look to throw that football. But um, Buck Allen was given the handoff, and the Ravens lost the point of attack. And as Lamar's kind of doubling back, uh, there's somebody following Lamar, and Buck kind of triple clutches this ball, doesn't really know what to do with it, ends up eating the ball to tackle for a loss. My most sincere advice for the Baltimore Ravens, go ahead and throw those planes in the trash. They didn't really work. They didn't really inspire. If you're going to give Lamar touches, just rip the Band-Aid off and get rid of this albatross that is Joe Flacco. He underthrew everything down the field, uh, made some just inexcusable decisions with the football, was not accurate. Uh, passing the ball was like pulling teeth, and the Ravens had to pass the ball the entire time. That's a bad recipe for the Baltimore Ravens. If we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, the 2-0 Cincinnati Bengals, somewhere Joe Marino is lighting up a cigar, nodding his head as I begin talking about the 2-0 Cincinnati Bengals. As we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to have to talk about the good and the bad. And the good starts with Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon came into this game getting 85% of the carries in the team's first game of the season. Well, Joe Mixon got 75% of the carries in the team's second game, which is great. Joe Mixon was banged up in this football game, so we're a little apprehensive now, kind of waiting to see what the issue was with his knee. He was in and out of the game several times. He went back to the locker room at one point. He still ran for 84 yards on 21 carries. That's terrific. It's the kind of usage that the Bengals need because, in my opinion, he's their second-best player offensively behind, obviously, A.J. Green and his three touchdowns on three catches to open up this football game. Uh, Mixon had a couple different plays that really showcased a lot of the qualities that we saw from him coming out of Oklahoma that made him so special. This was my top back for the 2017 NFL Draft, Joe Mixon. Had a top 10 grade on Joe Mixon. Uh, Mixon is a pretty special blend of burst, lateral quickness, and size. One of my knocks on Joe Mixon coming out was he looked to bounce a couple too many runs to the outside. Uh, we did see this from Joe Mixon in this football game. He had one play where he broke contain at the line of scrimmage, gets a one-on-one situation against Tavon Young, 
and tries to jump cut him to the outside and get to the sideline. Joe, if you would have just turned it upfield and challenged him, if you would have really challenged like 180-pound Tavon Young, you could have had him. You could have taken him. And you would have got more yardage. It could have been potentially a touchdown, but uh, Joe would have worked. Would have had to work some more magic after that. But in all, considering Mixon was banged up in this football game, was great to see him continue to be a focal point of this offense. The Bengals will need that going forward. The bad kind of focuses on John Ross, which should be no surprise for anybody who has watched a single Cincinnati fo- Bengals football game since last year. Uh, Ross had one catch for eight yards, one carry for negative three yards. Uh, he now has 12, 5, 17 yards from scrimmage in his career and one career touchdown. This was the ninth overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. For convenience sake, we can just pretend that the Bengals picked Mixon first and Ross in the second and uh, kind of mitigates the damage a little bit. Might have to start doing that. Ross, uh was getting covered by linebackers in the slot on outbreaking patterns. That's not great. For a guy that runs 4-2, that's not what your expectation is. And Ross seems like he has his hands full with trying to get separation when he's not running straight line routes. And I thought he was a pretty accomplished route runner at the college level, coming out of Washington. But the physicality perspective, especially when you're trying to play on the boundary, is at a different level. And uh, these NFL defenders are all faster. And right now it's looking like Ross just has to continue to minimize the amount of contact that he's faced, uh, which isn't necessarily a surprise. He was not a physical player at Washington, but... uh, the physicality component of John Ross right now is a huge hurdle, one he's going to have to clear if he's going to reach anywhere close to his potential. The other name I did mention at the top here, Sam Hubbard, uh, had a nice sack. Sam Hubbard, uh, Joe Flacco tried his absolute best to soil that sack uh, by throwing the football away late, but the rest blew the whistle, said Flacco's forward progress was stopped. Uh, Hubbard beat... Ronnie Stanley pretty well on that play, and that's a good illustration of what Hubbard can do because he is long. He's not the most explosive guy, so if you get super athletic guys that have those quick mirror feet, they're going to be able to you know, make Sam Hubbard work a little bit more for his reps, but Ronnie Stanley, who was a plus athlete coming out of college, uh, never really regarded him as kind of that ISO out in space, he's going to dance with you and stick with you. I would be remiss to not talk about Jesse Bates. I apologize for any Bengals fans listening. If you thought I was going to skip over Jesse Bates, please accept my sincerest apologies. Jesse Bates looked great. Early interception in this football game. He's got great range. He's got great length. He's got ball skills. Uh, Bates just missed a second interception on a deep ball thrown down the middle into cover two by Joe Flacco right up the middle of the field, and he flashed directly in front of this football and just couldn't bring in the interception, ended up being a big play, got the Ravens back into the game. But Jesse Bates had a large, large impact on this football game, and his role in this Bengals Bengals defense 
You have to be excited. Jesse Bates, for me, was my 63rd rated player. If you missed it, swing over to at grinding the tape on Twitter. I actually tweeted out my full scouting report from Bates, a uh, screen capture of that uh, throughout the course of the game after that first interception uh, when he made the splash play. So this was kind of a summary of the standouts in young players from this football game. Uh, we talked Jesse Bates, Sam Hubbard, John Ross, Joe Mixon. Uh, we talked Alex Collins. We talked Lamar Jackson. Where's the needle pointing for both of these teams? Uh, Baltimore, we're in a little bit of an identity crisis, right? They smacked down on the Buffalo Bills and then got punched in the mouth against the Bengals. Cincinnati reeled off a big comeback against the Indianapolis Colts and then jumped out to a big lead against the Ravens. Bengals have to play four full quarters. Let's find out who this team is through four quarters. As we bring home draft dudes here on this Friday, did want to get dedicate a little time and shout out some of the content over at draftnetwork.com. John Ledger did a terrific mailbag talking about Trace McSorley, Nikhil Harry. Uh, for some reason, Spencer Drango came up, so that's something that's going on over there today. Uh, Brad Kelly talked, as we talked about when we talked about the college game, Boston College has more NFL talent on its roster than a long time. Trevor Sikama talked about Kenny Young, who stepped in for an injured C.J. Mosley in last night's Thursday night football game and played admirably, had some ups and downs, took some bad angles, but showed some quickness and was able to get into the line of scrimmage in the backfield pretty effectively. And then, of course, there's Connor Rogers' weekly Friday column on the radar. Connor gave out game balls for the rookie class of 2018. He profiled the prospect matchup game of the week, which he called LSU at Auburn at 3.30. He talked about the NFL film study he did with NFL.com's Lance Zerline, looking at Brown's rookie left tackle Desmond Harrison. And he talked about Matt Patricia, which is fascinating. The buzz. I'll tease you a little bit here and then make you go read it for yourself. Uh, life is not all sunshine and rainbows in the Motor City. According to this inside buzz on the radar. Uh, quote, direct quote from Connor. Word trickling out of the organization is that there is a belief players are not only disgruntled with new head coach Matt Patricia, but quit on him in the second half of their week one game. This didn't begin when things got tough in the brutal opener. It dates back to summer. Dot, dot, dot. Go to thedraftnetwork.com and find out where this began and what the biggest exception was with Detroit's and Matt Patricia's decision-making for week one of the NFL season. Hope you guys enjoyed today's Friday show. Uh, appreciate your patience. If you're used to listening to this in the Friday morning slots, we're getting this out around noon today. If you're listening to it late, hope you were able to buckle down the hatches and enjoy 20 minutes of me talking to myself and all of you. Uh, if you are in the Carolinas, please be safe. want to extend our best wishes to all of our friends as they brace for uh, the landfall of Hurricane Florence, which I know is already underway, but does not appear to be going away anytime soon. So best wishes to the Carolinas. Uh, and thank all of you for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast 
Hit that subscribe button, follow along with, with us. We'll be back again next week. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. We will catch up with you in the near future. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.